listening to Music You're Missing. I'm Brendan Gennetti, and today we are in studio with Simon Robert French. Simon Robert French is on fire right now. He's an independent singer-songwriter who has been posting an original song a day on TikTok for over 250 consecutive days. One of his original songs, Robert's Place, captured the hearts of over 6 million people. Robert's Place is a song about grief and loss, and Simon has really cultivated a supportive following from the track, with over 130,000 followers gained in about two weeks. Simon's inbox has been flooded with opportunity, and it's truly such an honor to be his first ever interview. I'm so excited to have Simon in studio to talk about this really vulnerable track, his experience with virality, and what's next for him. But before I get him in studio, if this is your first time listening to Music You're Missing, hi, I'm Brenda. I've held like a million different jobs in the music industry, and throughout my career, I've come to realize that there are just so many talented artists of all sizes that deserve the opportunity to share their stories and have their music heard. So, Music You're Missing was born. All artists featured on the show have their tracks added to the official Music You're Missing Spotify playlist, and if you go there now, you will find Robert's Place streaming at the top. Beyond the podcast and the playlist, Music You're Missing covers concerts, has a bunch of giveaways, and hosts really cool music events. So follow us on Instagram at Music You're Missing to be updated on all of MYM's happenings. Okay, I promise that's it for me. Without further ado, I'm so excited to welcome Simon Robert French to Music You're Missing. We are joined with Simon Robert French on Music You're Missing. How are you, Simon? I'm delightful. How are you? I'm doing so well. I honestly, this is like the first time I've had a guest come on the podcast who I've actually like hung out with for like the day. I feel like we're, we're friends. Yeah, we've been hanging out. <laughs> you just sat in for our uh, interview with Oliver Hazard, and you were geeking. You were absolutely geeked. How, how was that experience for you? I was just, like, sitting in the car. Like, I was trying so hard not to, like, make noise, um, and, like... You made like the Paul Revere reference and I was like, I like, I almost like cracked up because um, I was like, yeah, that's, that's accurate. And then I was like, LOL, Noah Khan's song, Paul Revere. That's how like everyone's going to know about Paul yeah. Revere now. Cause like, he's like, I mean, for me, it was like cooked into me when I was in elementary school, like Paul Revere, the midnight ride of Paul Revere, one if by land, two if I see, <laughs> I can recite like the Did whole you, thing. So that's a great point. Um, you are from the Boston area and I had no clue. And this is weirdly like the third time this happened on the podcast. Obviously I, I found you on TikTok and as I, we had booked an interview for, for zoom. And then I was like really deep diving, like <laughs> on your mom's Instagram's craft page, deep diving type oh, yeah. beat. And I was like, Oh my God, she's selling crafts in Massachusetts. And then I saw yeah. that you had a show at City Winery, and then here we are, we're in studio because you're local, Paul Revere. Did you have to do the play at Paul Revere? We did all of the staple New England elementary, middle school, like, field trips and things. Yeah. Uh, but I don't remember if we did Paul Revere specifically. Well, that. that's definitely a core memory for me. <laughs> I definitely, my entire school had to, I, the one if by land, two if I see, like, poem? What is that? Yeah, it's, um, because that's how they would know how the British were coming across, um, Oh, yeah. Because it was uh, one if they're coming by land, two if they're coming by sea. And they would put that, I forget which building it was, but it would be in like the building of one of the, win- uh, the window of one of the buildings. Um, and that's how they would know like what was happening. And I forget what actually happened and which it was. I know. But, yeah, I do. You know, like I, that is forever in my mind. That is stuck there. That's Massachusetts eternity. core, man. Yup. <laughs> I mean, I said I, I, I found you on TikTok and I, I found you because you were posting a new song a day, every day. For how, what are we up to right now? I think yesterday was two fifty eight or like something. Like we're around there, two oh fifties. Yeah. So obviously we got to talk about that and the crazy week, week crazy like month that you've had. 
But before that, let's let's start from the beginning. Uh, I want to know, like, what's your what's your musical background? When did you get into music, and when were you like, oh, I I like music? I mean, I think I've always liked music, and I've been playing instruments since it wasn't a fear that I would break them. And I took <laughs> piano at like five years old for a year, but I did not talk to my piano teacher at all. <laughs> so I did not continue piano lessons. Um, five years old. That's, I feel like that's tough. It's tough. And I like, I didn't talk to strangers at all or like anyone really outside of my family. So I like, it just didn't happen. But then after that, I, I kept playing piano on my own and I started playing guitar when I could. Um, and like my siblings once uh, my sister taught me how to play a song, I believe, um, like taught me how to like read sheet music. And then I just started kind of doing that. And oh, okay. So you got a musical family. Oh yeah. I got, I got three very musical siblings and some very musical aunts and uncles. Um, and then like I got into, I did bands for like Shit. nine years. What instrument did you play? Um, so I started on flute as all young lost children do. <laughs> the um, recorder. I mean, I played recorder in like music class because yeah. we did that, and I had like I don't I don't even know how many of like the little yarn ribbons I had tied <laughs> on there, but I had a lot of those. Um, and then I played flute, and then I started playing clarinet for like the jazz band that met in the mornings. But I was so bad at making it on time for that, mm. so I kind of um, loosely played clarinet for several years. And then when I got into high school, um, I had done maybe two years of choir in middle school, and then I started doing. Um, saxophone and more clarinet and bass clarinet actually as well um, for like those kind of things and then I did uh, flute saxophone and I was the conductor for the marching band in my entire time doing it and I did like the musicals and stuff I was very musically involved and then I discovered drum corps I don't know if you're familiar but it's like how I would put it is it's marching band on steroids, but not affiliated with high school or college. It's like a thing that you can do until you're 21. And then there's drum corps associates. Uh, I believe they just had a name change, but I'm not sure what the new pro new, the new circuit title is. Uh, but I discovered that and I started playing the euphonium baritone horn, um, which is like smaller than a tuba, but bigger than a mellophone. Uh, and I did that for two summers and that was honestly one of the best experiences of my life. Um, yeah. And then, uh, with the songwriting, at least I got into that when I was like 10 years old, cause that's okay. kind of separate from like the band and the choir yeah. and all that. Um, because I, I discovered Taylor Swift through my sister. Um, and I was like, Oh my God, I want to do this. This is what I want to do. Um, so it's kind of always been there. And then like at 14 years old, I discovered, uh, Matt Maltese's first single, um, which was the demo of even if it's a lie. And then I discovered Dodie through my sister again when I was like 15 or 16 years old. Um, and I went to a Dodie show with her and that was like one of the most amazing experiences of my life. It was like this tiny little venue. It was Red Room at Cafe 939 oh at Berkeley. Oh my that venue. Um, and that was like such a pivotal moment for me because like also John Cozart was there and like Tessa Violet and Rusty Clanton and that was just a fantastic show. And when I found Dodie, I just kind of got really into like songwriting and like just getting right down to it. Um, and so since then I've been really like just going, going at it. Um, and then I kind of fell off a little bit with it and I didn't really do it as much. Mm -hmm. Um, and then this past year I started like at the beginning of the year, I started doing a video every day on TikTok Cause I was like, I gotta, I gotta start posting to social media cause I was not doing that before. Um, because if, sorry to interrupt, but no, when you wanted to start posting on TikTok, did you have a specific goal in mind? 
my goal was just to start putting stuff on the internet because, um, honestly, that's the only way that I think I would have ever gotten noticed. Like, I'm not, like, I don't come from a family that's, like, well-connected in the industry. I don't, like, I don't live in an area where I have the opportunity to go to open mics and gigs mm-hmm. that are, like, well-populated. Like, I go to some of the smaller ones and stuff, but, like, I don't have the opportunity to go to those bigger ones where maybe, like, there's industry connections. It was truly just, like, to make content, like, like to get myself in that habit because... I don't know, like, I I never really got into, like, I tried to, I tried to make YouTube videos when I was younger. Who oh didn't? my god, no, we all Who did. <laughs> didn't, like, literally, um, so many YouTube videos that are never gonna see the light of day, sorry. Um, <laughs> what kind of content? Literally just me sitting with a guitar playing songs. Oh, okay. <laughs> it yeah, was always that. And then there was a brief dream of being a Twitch streamer, lol. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, truly it was just to get myself posting and get myself used to, like, putting myself on the internet because I've never really been comfortable with that. Um, yeah. And, like, three months in, I got so bored because it was just post a video every day. It wasn't necessarily, like, write a whole song every mm-hmm. single day. Um, so, like, around three months in, it was March, like, late March, I was so bored and I was rewatching. I watch a lot of artist interviews, so I was rewatching Same. the Noah Khan Zach Sang show interview, uh, where he said that he wrote a song every day for two years before he got stick season. And I was like, I can do that. I can write a song every day. And I originally was just going to do it for like thirty days, and then I was going to go back to like doing covers and stuff and posting like every day and all that. Um, but then I got really, really into it, and I just kept going. And I just kept writing songs. Um, How and often were you writing songs before you started writing them every day? So I I would have like an idea like every day or every couple days, and I would like maybe write a verse and a chorus, but I would never finish songs, which is another reason why yeah. writing a song every so day a is good like challenge. really good. Um, yeah, because now I'm actually finishing an entire song every day, or at least getting it to a point where I would release it maybe mm-hmm. if I had the. Opportunity I mean, you can always come to. back to it, but it, yeah, it's definitely nice to have like yeah. a structure down something that someone said to me recently on the phone was that sometimes when you start writing something and you only get like a verse and a chorus in and you come back to it a week later, you lose that initial spark and you don't really have that same passion or the same idea for that song as you did the day that you started writing it. Yeah. That's so, so true. writing the whole song in that one sitting or like over a 12 hour period of one day really just helps to capture that particular emotion or feeling. And I capture a lot of emotions and a lot of feelings in those songs. Yeah. I mean, obviously you've had a wild few weeks. Um, and I want to talk about the virality that you experienced. But first, I, I, I do want to actually talk about the track that you know made this all happen, Robert's Place, a beautiful ode to your father. I, I would just kind of love to know why that day you were like, I'm writing this song. Yeah, um, well, I mean, my father passed away when I was two years old, and I've kind of never really known how you're supposed to grieve someone that you maybe didn't meet or Mm -hmm. you didn't know. Um, And that's something that I've been working through with music, and I've, like, I've been working through just trying to understand how I am, like, able to or, like, allowed to grieve that. Um, And I've written written a lot of Dead Dad songs. Uh, And there's (laughs) there's two more, actually, um, that I wrote that are like really like some of my favorites that I just love. Um, But I mean, it's just kind of always been a way that I can process it. And that idea, like I'm going down to Robert's place actually started as a different song. Um, It was going to be like, well, I'm going down to like this, like 
this like town that my grandmother grew up in. Um, and it was going to be about that. And I didn't like where it was going. And that was like a couple days before I sat down to write Robert's place. Um, and so I just put it to the side. I just left it in my notes app. And a couple days later, I was, I was just like thinking about my father, you know, as one does, I think about him a lot. Um, and I remembered that and I was like thinking about like, oh, well, like, while well, I'm going down to Robert's place. I'm going down to like his grave and all that. Um, and from there I like just sat there and I started writing it and it just kind of happened. Like it flowed right out of me. Um, and that, that maybe 20 minutes to an hour, like at max, like that song came out so like naturally. And like, it does feel kind of like a release that I haven't found yet or I hadn't found at the time. Um, and like I, all of my songs are written in diary mode. I'm very, very straightforward with what I'm saying and very honest about it. Um, but that I was finally able to find this like release with, I don't know, like visiting his grave and like just kind of re- like registering that like he was a person and he is why I'm here. Mm-hmm. And like that has impact, but also like I never knew him and I don't know really how to talk about it. So that was like this whole release that I had. Um, that was just like, not, I didn't even care if it did well. Like it was just for me really. And it was so nice to have that finally. Yeah. I mean, when you were saying that something that came to my mind is I, I was thinking, I wonder if he felt that way, you know, no matter what, if it went viral or not. Um, so it's interesting to hear you say that you felt that way yeah. before it even, you know, gained traction. Yeah. I mean, going viral was never even like a thought in my <laughs> mind. Like, I mean, of course we are, we're all like, oh, I hope this video does well. I hope this gets like a million yeah. views. Um, and that's always been a thought in my mind. I won't lie. Um, but it's not like, that's not why I write in the first place. Mm-hmm. It's never been about that. Um, it's truly for me and it's truly how I like process things. And like, I'm processing going viral by writing songs about going viral. <laughs> um, like that's literally, that's how I process things. That's how I like am able to see the world, how I'm able to get like my own perspective on it. And it's always been that. And that's kind of why I wrote Robert's place too. Like just to kind of process that. Mm-hmm. What was the reaction like when you showed the song to your family? Um, so I don't show them any of my songs before I post them. I did show it to oh. a friend though. Oh, okay. um, one of I have a really good friend. His name's Dylan. I um, I talk to him like all the time, and I show him a lot of my songs before I like post them because I just sometimes it's nice to have someone listen to it before it goes out there. Yeah, just to be like someone else has heard it and liked it in this context that's not like oh my god it's a TikTok video. Oh my god it's a song on TikTok. Um, and he was like, I, I forget exactly what it was, but he was like, this could be like on the radio or something, or like I could hear this on the radio. Um, and I said to him in response to that, I hope I make people cry with this song. <laughs> and then I posted it and I thought nothing of it. And I checked my phone like two hours later. And it was like, I don't even know what the number was, but it was over 100,000 views. And I was like, oh my God, what just happened? Now it's sitting at over 6 million views. And I think you said you gained like 130,000 followers. Uh, What was your initial reaction when you started to go viral? I was a little bit scared. For sure, dude. It's it's not, it's very abnormal. 
it's so abnormal and like it's not something that I've really like seen happen to a lot of my friends. Like I, I have some friends that have like gone viral or like gone viral to like a million. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's fantastic. I want all of my friends to succeed at all times. I'm like, I am the biggest fan. I will interact with all of their videos and stuff. But like, I didn't realize that it could happen. Like, I didn't know 6 million was a number. <laughs> like, obviously I did, but like, I didn't know 6 million was a number that could happen to me. Yeah. Um, and like, I didn't know that I could gain 130,000 followers in a, like two weeks. I, I truly, the day before I put Robert's place out, I was like, I hope I get to 10,000 followers before the end of the year. And then, um, we, got we that broke wish, that barrier. Yeah. I, yeah, I remember I, I, I was watching it as it got to 10K. Because, um, like, when, like, when I had, like, a, like, I was, like, watching it for the first, like, 50,000. And I got up to 10K, and then I put my phone down. I was like, I, I need to put this down. And then I came back, and it had, like, over 100,000 views. And I was like, why is it still going? Um, and that was, like, such a surreal moment. Like, I finally hit this milestone. Like, I started the year at 800 followers. <laughs> I was hoping that I would get to 10K by the end of the year. That was, like, my big milestone. Yeah. And I I cleared that. (laughs) So, I mean, not only did the video, though, like, gain a lot of the views, like you're saying, but your goal was to make people cry. And it certainly did because people are (laughs) resonating with the song on really just, like, a a very deep personal level. Um, So I'm kind of curious because this is your first experience really going, like, super viral, but it's also a very personal story. How does it feel that like your deeply personal narrative forged such a profound connection with so many? It's so weird. I mean, like I've gotten very used to putting my diary on the internet. That's what I've been doing for 250 days. That's what I'm going to keep doing. I'm not going to stop. Um, <laughs> it's too much. It's too addicting. Like I have to keep <laughs> doing it. Um, but like, I've always had this very, like, gradual, like, I'd get to, like, 9,000 followers and, like, 90,000 likes at the same time, and it would be very gradual. Like, I'd gain maybe, like, 30 followers in a day. And then I had one song blow up, which was Voice Memo 3082, when I got, like, 300 followers in a day, and that was, like, that took me a week to process. Mm -hmm. That took me some time. Um, So now it's, like... Like people around the world are watching my diary and I'm just like sitting here just kind of letting it happen. And it's, it's very weird. It's very, it's very exposing. Like it's, it's, it's just very vulnerable. And I feel like that comes with the territory of being a songwriter and like writing songs because I feel like the ones that resonate the most with people are the ones that are brutally honest and that take a lot out of you to write and to post and to share and to, like, just perform and, like, share with the world. So, like, I mean, I'm, at this point, I'm very used to, like, the 9,000 people seeing my diary. But now it's, like, I have to get used to 140,000 people viewing my diary. Mm-hmm. And it's it's going to take me a, a couple weeks at least to process this. Like it's going to take some yeah. time. D- have you felt, um, since you have like this new following, um, have you restricted yourself at all or like, has it changed what you feel comfortable sharing or have you been posting the same way that you were before? 
I'm doing the same thing. I don't think I could I keep that. going if I didn't just keep doing the same thing because I'm yeah. so used to it. And I'm so used to being so honest in my lyrics that like I'll sit down to write something and this like yesterday I scrapped three song ideas that are like a verse and a chorus now that I just didn't want to deal with. Um, and I had originally scrapped yesterday's song of the day because um, I didn't know where to go with it, but then I ended up going back to it um, because I, I found more truth in it than the other ones. Mm-hmm. But when it's when it doesn't feel like I can be honest or like I am being honest with a song, I just I can't write it. And like, I don't know. It's just I'm just so used to being honest yeah. that I have to. Well, hearing about your musical upbringing and like the artists that you liked growing up, that definitely makes sense. I, I can see, you know, you fell in love with music because you love music um, and the virality of it and the career of it was really never a goal. So I hope you never lose that. That is amazing that you feel that way. And it's hard. I mean, it's, you can't lie. Like you're, you were just faced with so many opportunities and to still keep pushing through and being your organic self like that is that puts you above so many not others but like it just you're you're doing it right you're in the right headspace yeah people have said that to me a lot this week yeah (laughs) my mom said to me i've never heard you on the phone this much in 24 years (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious yeah (laughs) um yeah so you obviously have had industry conversations um how do you find navigating those do you feel confident in your discussions um, the first couple were a bit rocky. I was a little stressed out. Um, that was like the Monday and Tuesday after Thanksgiving. Cause, um, I posted it, the song like the day or two before Thanksgiving. So then after that I was like, okay, I need to take this time for my family. Yeah. And then when I got on the phone on like Monday, Tuesday, I was, I was pacing around my room. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Um, I, I will pace when I'm on the phone. Um, and like I was, I was like very anxious at first, but now I've gotten kind of used to it. And like honestly, I'm very grateful that all of these people have had the time to like talk to me. Yeah, because I like talking to people and I like sharing ideas and I really enjoy like like doing this, like being on a podcast, talking to someone about this stuff. Um, like I'm so grateful that all of these like people who have like actual people jobs and like do actual people things <laughs> um, have the time to like sit there and like talk to me for 45 minutes um or like i ended up on the phone for like an hour with one of the reps just because we kept talking um and then with one of the other people i talked to we were on the phone for like an hour and 20 minutes um and like i'm so grateful that they have the time and they're all like thank you for taking the time to like talk to me and i'm like no this is like thank you (laughs) like i am like literally just a guy um and like i've always literally just been a guy so like a very talented one at that. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, but like it's so it's so weird. But I am getting better, I think, at talking to the people, and like it's given me practice for this and yeah. for like other things, you know. Um, so it's I I am very glad that I'm having these conversations for sure. Yeah. So you're having these conversations. What's what's the goal? Do you want to be a full time career artist? Um, I mean, I will do whatever I have to do to just keep doing what I love and be able to live mm-hmm. while doing what I love. Cause obviously like I don't necessarily want everything to be about money. Yeah. But I need money. Yeah. No, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Um, 22 with the music industry for sure. So like I'll go play shows, I'll tour, I'll put out an album, I'll like sell merch, I'll do whatever, but it all has to be with the purest intent, it has to be because I love doing it. Mm -hmm. And, like, the second that I stop loving it, I'm going to stop. Like, 
if and I get a lot of people in my comments that are like, you don't have to keep doing this every day. Like, you don't have to keep writing a song every day. But it's not because I have this following now that I'm still doing it. It's yeah. because I love to do it that I'm continuing to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so nice, though, that they're protective. Like, that's... <laughs> so that's, nice. I, I've noticed, too, like, I was scrolling through your everything. Yeah. Um, literally your mom's Instagram. Um, and <laughs> the people that have followed you are really supportive and like they really connect with you on a deep yeah. level. And like, honestly, I, I have not, it's, it's rare. You can be freaking, you know, mother Teresa and people are going to leave hate comments on your TikTok, but I have literally not come across any negative sentiments on, on your videos. Yeah. I do have some keywords filtered out. I will always do my best to like keep my space, like a safe space. Um, and I think, all the people who are following me now and all the people who have been following me, like there's people that are popping back up in my not- notifications that have been following me since day one of the year. And like, I'm so glad that they're like popping back up and that I'm back on their pages. Cause they've always been, they've been there and like, they are why I kept doing what I was doing. Yeah. And like why I felt confident about continuing what I was doing. Um, it's just, it's so, it's nice that everyone is so, sweet and so supportive and i've gotten several comments that are like we have to protect him at all costs (laughs) (laughs) like thank you guys um so it's so sweet yeah i mean i think it's part of too like what you put out you get back and i i know it's so corny and cliche but honestly as i age i find like the biggest cliches are are the things i actually like believe in the most and yeah you're doing all the right things like you're you really are protecting your peace in such a vulnerable time like vulnerable in the sense your feelings are out there like you're <laughs> opening your inner thoughts that most people you know would never have a platform to share to so many but then also you know you're you're making fucking money moves so you're definitely doing the right things by uh protecting yourself at all cost yeah <laughs> I think I feel like I have to just because like I mean right now it's just me you don't have a manager yet no. I'm sure in a, that'll change eventually if we take this full time I think it has to yeah. like I can't do this myself forever and like right now it's working but it's not gonna work forever um and I just really I could use that help mm-hmm. um and like I've talked to a few already and like um I'm honestly just feeling it out right now because I don't even know what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, but they've all been fantastic. Like everyone I've talked to has been just like so great and so supportive. Definitely. Um, well, de- definitely explore your options. Yeah. And, and when you do ultimately decide to go with someone, don't make it a long standing deal. Make it something short lived so that you, if it doesn't work out after like a month, you yeah, can say, you know, like Bye. a month to month lease. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but again, like I feel like there's a, a I mean, it's true for sure on a, on a higher level, but at this level, like the, the people that you work with are, are really passionate about music and like they do want to see you succeed and you yeah. can tell when they don't. <laughs> and I feel yeah. like you have a strong intuition. I feel like you'll know. Yeah. I've always been very good at like reading people. I feel, um, and like I, uh, that, that hasn't always rung true. Like I've had some bad experiences with people, not necessarily in the music space, but like I've had bad experiences with people and I've kind of learned how to avoid that and what, like, red flags there are, even, like, just in talking to someone who I might want to be friends with or, like, yeah. maybe, like, talking to someone to go on a date or whatever. Like, I've gotten very good at recognizing red flags and, like, I've been talking to my friends about, like, their issues, so I'm very good at seeing those red flags there. Um, 
and like picking up red flags that other people have picked up on. I'm I've just gotten very good at weeding out like the bad people, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like I can tell that you're like very chill um and like you have pure intentions with like everyone that you talk to just by like watching the other interview and like talking <laughs> okay, to you King. now. Um <laughs> but I can definitely tell when I start talking to people if they're kind of putting on a front or if they're like being facetious in any way, yeah. if they're sorry, I'm using vocab words. Um no, I love it. Um if they're not like doing anything, like if they're not being pure with their intentions or if they're not being honest, then I can usually pick that out pretty quickly. Oh yeah. Um, facetious, great word actually kind of reminds me of a quote Taylor Swift recently said. And actually I, I don't want to say it was a quote cause I, I don't know exactly what it was, but she basically said something on like midnight. She used a lot of, um, like bigger, bigger words, yeah. like words that aren't in regular everyday vocabulary. And yeah. she was like nervous to do that until recently. Which I thought was really fascinating because she's Taylor Swift and she can do anything. Um, do you ever like use? Do you ever like stray away from certain words because they're too like grandiose? No, no. <laughs> grandiose. I will. I will always use like I will use the big words if it, if it's the word that comes to me and if it's the word that fits the the thing, I will use it. Um, and like I just love words. This is not really related to like the songwriting, but I was actually considering getting a master's degree in linguistics before I got Ooh. my fourth concussion. I've had several of those. Oh my God. Uh, are you like, okay with those bright lights? Uh, oh yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> this was like, this last one was last year, 2022 in October, like right before Halloween. Cause I got my wisdom teeth out Ooh. and I had a seizure because oh of gosh. a med interaction and I hit my head on the wall. Um, but yeah, before that I was considering a master's in linguistics. And then when that happened, I just kind of lost like a, lot of my core academic like brain cell mm-hmm. um and i always joke with my friends that i have one brain cell and the brain cell is like working in overdrive right now <laughs> um but like truly like i i've gotten to a point where i'm remembering things and i'm getting better like my brain is getting better mm-hmm. but i i definitely haven't gotten back to the place where i was like the week before that happened um Damn. but Sorry yeah i love words i love words um, it's always been words. Um, if you like listen to any of my songs, you can tell that I put like every bit of my like mind into the words. And that is my like central point. And it's mostly about the words. <laughs> um, so like, yeah, I will use whatever word I want. I love that. I mean, that's another observation is like, you just said you wanted to get a master of language linguistics because you're like, <laughs> <laughs> Linguini. that's kind of like a <laughs> ironic little wordplay there. Um, you wanted to get a master Ma- oh my god why can't i speak a masters now a masters in of ling- in linguistics yeah um because you like words and like yeah. you're an artist because you like music and lyrics it's like you're very again the intentions are pure yeah I'm loving for it um but listen i would be remiss if i didn't bring this up because i think it's the coolest thing ever um noah khan is one of your biggest inspirations yeah like if you're literally in a Noah Khan sweatshirt right I now. I am, and I have the T-shirt underneath it. No yeah. way. Yeah, I do. Um, well, I love artist merch. I think artist merch is like the best quality clothing. This sweatshirt is so soft, and like it's such good. Like plugging Noah Khan by Noah Khan <laughs> merch. Um, like it's such good. Like, um, and like I have a Lizzie McAlpine sweatshirt that I love, and like. I love making a statement too. Like when I'm out and I like, yeah, I'm like, wear like a little hat. I'm like, oh, I hope no one notices my I shirt. I hope no one notices. My playlist. Yeah, like the <laughs> outfit of like Noah Khan. Like I'm literally like on the back. It says like Noah Khan, like or something like that. Um, I just got this in the mail yesterday because I did the. I I ordered a bunch of merch. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
I mean, Noah Khan is literally like your inspiration. And he commented on one of your TikToks and I'm going to read the comment. <laughs> You're amazing. And there is so much honesty in your songs. Thank you for sharing your gift with the world. The hard work shows in each lyric. How are you? How are you alive right now? Like, um, so I was actually on a phone call when that notification like went through and I don't have notifications on for TikTok or like any app except for like my phone and my text messages. So it didn't pop up on the screen or anything. Yeah. Um, and I got off the phone with the person I was talking to, which it was my first call on Monday after Thanksgiving. And I got off the phone and I opened TikTok because I check TikTok like nobody's business. I am on there like all the time. It's so bad. Um, if you see me in the comments on any videos ever, like <laughs> just know that it's not good that I'm on there so much. Um, but like I opened it up and I, I didn't see the notification for the comment, but I saw when, when you become friends with someone on TikTok, it like drops their like thing first in your inbox. Yeah. Um, because he also followed me back, which was like, oh my <laughs> no God, horrifying, <laughs> horrifying. Um, but so like it'll drop their little thing and it'll have like a little wave thing, like say hi to so-and-so, say hi to Noah Khan. And I had to open the DM so that little thing would go away. So I closed out of it and it was gone. But I saw that and I was like, what? So then I started like digging through my notifications to see where he was. And, it, and that was on a video where I mentioned how Noah Khan is the reason why I write a song every day. And I was like, that was the first time I really, truly, like, said that on the internet. Mm -hmm. um, and was, like, very honest. Like, this is where this started. This is where this comes from. Um, this is why I do it. I And in that video, I said, I would probably freak out if Noah Khan saw any of these videos or any of my songs. Um, and then he commented and I replied. I was like, I was correct. I'm freaking out. Thank you. This means the world to me. It was something like that, I think. Um but yeah, I'm not okay. <laughs> no, man, that's I'm like so, freaking like, out. Um, it's not even just because he's famous. It's because, no, it's because he is such an inspiration to your craft. Yeah, it's like if you spend your entire life listening to like Elton John, because like he he's fantastic. Like if you spend your whole life like worshiping this person, or like not even worshiping. I don't I don't really like that word in terms of like being a fan. Um, but like looking up to and like respecting the craft of and just really appreciating what this person is doing. And then suddenly they're there and they're like saying like, like whatever it is that he said, I don't even remember. I think like, it's so like my mind is so boggled by it. Just a reminder. Um, he said, you're amazing. And there is so much honesty <laughs> in your songs. Thank you for sharing your gift with the world. The hard work shows in each lyric. <laughs> <laughs> it's like insane. And, that's like the like, best thing. Like literally someone asked me like, oh, what would you want your hero to say to you about your music? That, like, like, that oh sentence. My God. <laughs> and like, honestly, like I've had a, like a lot of other like there's because when you go viral, everyone sees what you're doing. Yeah. And like I've had a lot of creators that I've followed for a while, either like in my comments or like following me back and just all being very nice to me um, and like very sweet. But nothing is going to top that for me. Like. Obviously, like, if I got a comment from Jacob Collier or if, like, Jacob Collier wanted to work with me, that would be incredible. Um, or, like, Dodie or, like, anyone like that. But I don't know if anything will ever top Noah Khan because, I mean, his music is just something completely, like, particular. Like, there's... Obviously, there's other stuff in that genre that sounds similar. And, like, obviously, there's other lyricists that write in kind of that vein. But 
there's something so particular about his music that I don't know. It just um, you're a New Englander. Yeah, I'm a New Englander. Yeah, yeah. Homesick. I'm gonna die in the house I grew up in. Like, <laughs> oh my god. And like, I mean, because I grew up in New England. Like, I I do have that northern attitude. <laughs> I was raised out in the cold. I could I quote like every single one of his songs. It's so embarrassing. Um, but like, yeah. Like, there's something like so particular to this region and like to my experience growing up that I've never found with another artist. Yeah. And like, it's just so. Well, I it's kind of going off that I found like there is right, but I don't even think I realized it until I listened to his music. Yeah, and I was like, oh, wow, yeah, a lot of the like I'm I am part of New England culture, culture, and a lot of the things that I do are very New England culture. That, but they're just so yeah, you know, it's just me. I I never really yeah. thought of it that way, and especially traveling now, like as an adult, you realize you're like, oh, New England really is its own little part of the earth. Yeah, and it's so weird. It's like I try to explain like my experience growing up and like my experience living here to people sometimes. Cause like, they're like, Oh, like what was it like growing up here or wherever? Um, and like when I'm talking to my friends, I try to explain it, but there's no better way to explain it than by just like throwing stick season. Like, <laughs> like here's, we'll all be here for Like here's the entire discography of Noah Khan. This is, this is, yeah. listen to this. This is new England. So, um, what's your favorite Noah Khan song? So I have a list that I made. Do you want the list? <laughs> no, do you have it? Like I yeah, have it. Okay, like, I, I have wanna, it on my phone. I want to know okay, the list. So I could not decide. Um, so I have three from each album, including the Cape Elizabeth EP. <laughs> That's um, one of my favorites, actually. I love um, it. It's so good. <laughs> um, okay. So from Busy Head, obviously Busy Head is fantastic. I, 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 I am very much a Busy Head. Like my head, my mind is like insane. Um, like my mom asked me the other day, do you just have these thoughts like running through your mind all the time? Cause I was like talking about how I like write and stuff to her. And she was like, is this normal for you? Cause like, I don't think she ever grasped how my brain works. So that's one. Um, another one is young blood, which I first heard in 2018. I remember listening to it on repeat in like a little coffee shop or wherever I was. Wow. Um, and that song really made me feel seen. Cause like I was the kid four years, no high school parties. Like, um, and I've always tried to live by like the chorus of that, which is like, stay humble, like keep your time, like do your thing, like whatever. Um, and don't let it like get to you. That's kind of been like one of the big things, especially with going viral that I've been like s- centered on. And then my third from busy head is false confidence because I have that <laughs> lots of <laughs> false confidence. Like, like it. I make it, I feel, I make it look very easy to just like put a video out there every day and like bare my soul, but I am horrified and it's so scary. It's so like weird and alienating, um, just to, just to like do that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Honda, I was, I am. So the first two, I just love like production wise, lyric wise, everything. Um, the first two are fear of water and howling. Those are both fantastic songs. Um, and then my third is Godlight. Because I like, I've been listening to like all of Noah Khan for a while, and like I'll like listen through to all of his albums. But then I went viral and had that moment, and like I'm now in this spotlight. And I listened to Godlight after that for the first time, like not like for the first time ever. Like I heard it differently. Yeah. Um, and it's so weird to like finally understand, not necessarily exactly what a song is saying, but like to understand what a song is saying in a way or at least feel yeah. closer to it. Um, so that one is definitely one of my top three for I Was, I Am. Um, for Stick Season, 
That's I picked hard. all of like the <laughs> all of, like the sad ones. Um, like strawberry wine. The first time I heard of that, obviously it's not necessarily about this at all. But the first time I heard it, I thought of my dad. Really? And I had that like connection to it, and it's just it's been my favorite, my like number one favorite ever since. Um, and then I love Halloween. Halloween is so good. That's Halloween kind of is, I feel like that's a slept on one from the album. It's so good, and like it's like it's it's so raw, and like lyrically it's so good, and like I love the line "A murder of crows in the low light off Boston." On I see your face in each one. Like that, that is such a line. <laughs> that is so good. Yeah. I could talk for songwriting for hours. Um, and then my third is "You're gonna go far." Because yeah. I love it, and I've always felt like I've always felt very stuck where I am, and just kind of where I am. Um, and now people are like commenting, "You're gonna go far," and like they're like saying that to me, and I'm like, "That's so sweet." Um, and then I also added a little note here. It says, "Homesick makes me feel at home." Like that <laughs> entire album, like makes me feel at home. Um, and then finally, the Cape Elizabeth EP, <laughs> which is like the best thing ever. Um, my three from that are main, uh, which probably my, oh my all-time God. favorite Noah Khan song for sure. It's so good. It's a, it's just it's just a feeling you get when you listen to that song, and like, oh my God, listening to that like on the highway, windows down, going and whatever when I, speed. Like, whenever I cross the border of Maine, you bet your bottom dollar that is going. That's got to be the first two one. Times yeah. In a row. Um, and then my second one is a troubled mind. I I just kind of feel very connected to that song, especially now. Um, <laughs> And then Glue Myself Shut is the third one, like, because I've, I, I mean, I've basically been doing that my entire life, is like, I really connected with that. I, first of all, I just want to say that I love the fact that you didn't just give me one song, you went through <laughs> no, his entire to, discography. Yeah, I could keep going. Including the EPs. Um, no, I, I, I am so happy for you that you got to experience that, because I, I mean, listen, I'm, I work in music because I love music, and for an opportunity like that, like, even just a comment is the coolest thing. Literally, like, I could never, like, I, I mean, obviously, I would love to work with him. I'd love to, like, literally, I would love to sit in a room and just, like, play guitar and, like, make music with him, even if it doesn't get posted anywhere. Like, I, because that's not why I do it. Like, I don't yeah. care about making content in that vein. Like, I would just love to have that experience. But, like, even if I don't, even if I, like, never speak to this man again, that made my life. <laughs> like, that was incredible. Um, and, like, the feeling I got from that was insane. Yeah. Well, Simon Robert French, first of all, amazing name, like born to be famous. You've got tracks officially coming out on DSPs mm-hmm. and they will be out by the time this podcast comes out. Um, is this indicative of future projects, songs to come? And are you working with people to get these out? So with the ones that I'm putting out tomorrow, yeah, I'm working with like someone to help me, like someone very, like very graciously offered to help and it, they've been very, very nice and very helpful. And, like, I'm so grateful for that because, like, I'm in, like, I, I've just been thrown into the ocean. I'm a little goldfish, you know, uh, just, like, dropped right in. Um, so someone's helping with that. And then I really don't know when or what is going to come out mm-hmm. um, just because right now I'm, like, in the trenches. And I'm working on a voice memo album of some of the songs from Song A Day. Um, which I was originally planning to get out like this month. That is definitely going to be pushed back a little bit. <laughs> you got some emails um, to answer. <laughs> I've got a lot of emails to answer, a lot of stuff to consider. And like, I'm just so, cause like I, w- I was going to use like DistroKid or something to put it out there, but 
now that I have all these people like in my inbox and like all of these things going on, I think it's better for me to wait a minute and not have to like deal with DistroKid. So things are coming eventually. Don't know when, don't know how, don't know what, um, except for like those voice memo EP or like, yeah. voice memo albums of the song a day songs. Um, but yeah, eventually. <laughs> All right, man. I'm excited, and I know the the fans are thirsty. Like the oh comments are, they're begging you to get it out. So I'm happy yeah. for them that they'll get Robert's place on Spotify. Yeah. Um, and it that's a live recording, correct? It's not a yeah. Produced- it's a voice memo. Um, it's that, and it's two. There's two other songs. Um, I'll tell you because they're gonna be out anyway. Um, but it's Robert's place, and then the one I wrote the day after called "Do They Have Internet in Heaven?" That one got a million views. Yeah. Because of the virality of Robert's Place, everyone like was already there, and they were like looking at that as well because it was like the day after, um, and that one did super well too. And the third one is this one that I wrote called "How to Grieve," and it's also about my dad. Um, it's like it was my first foray into kind of really, 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 truly unpacking that and that like grief yeah. that I have. But yeah, those are the three that are coming out and are out whenever this posts, but are not out yet. Man, I'm excited to hear that. <laughs> I think um, obviously having heard Robert's Place and, and actually having heard um, Do They Have Internet in Heaven, I, I'm i excited to listen to them as like a cohesive kind of element and really further explore how your creative mind works. <laughs> so thank you for feeding us. Yeah, um, Simon Robert French, I wrap up every interview with this question, and I'm super excited to hear what you have to say. Beyond music, beyond your career, unrelated to all of that, what are some goals that you're hoping to accomplish in the near future? I really want to graduate college. Um, I'm like six months out on that. Oh, um, yeah. Congrats. So I'm almost there. Unrelated to music. What are you studying? Um, I'm studying creative writing. Okay. Of Surprise. Course. Wow. Shocker. Oh, my God. This came at a right, a perfect time then. Literally, like, I'm, like, six months out from graduation. Like, I want to be done with school. And then I didn't really know what I was going to do after. So, great timing. Um, but, yeah, besides besides music, um, honestly, I want to be able to spend more time with, like, reading. Because I love, I love reading books. Um, and I love, I also love playing video games. Uh, so, yeah. I want to be able to commit more time to that. Because I, I have a, group, a friend group that plays Minecraft that I really love like getting into that with them. You better um, not get too big for them. Oh no, no, they're <laughs> stuck with me forever. I had I one it. of my friends asked me, he, uh, he was like, now that you're famous, like, can we still be friends? And I was like, <laughs> are you kidding? Like you're stuck. Like we're stuck. They'll you're you're never getting rid of me. Like I will literally be here forever. <laughs> like I you're stuck it. with me. I will come back from the dead. I will haunt you. <laughs> well, I love hearing that. I think those are all very accomplishable. Uh, and I'm, I hope that, I was going to say, it usually end with like, oh, next time, you know, we see each other, hopefully you have accomplished them, but we're actually going to see each other tonight. So we are. I yeah. That's going to be exciting. See you at the Oliver Hazard show tonight. Yeah, dude. Have you ever been guest listed before? No, I don't even know where I'm supposed to, what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> this is so cool. So baby's first podcast, baby's first guest list. Literally. So you literally arrive and you go to the box office and the only thing that you're going to need is an ID. Fantastic. And then you just say, I'm on the guest list, and then they'll give you your tickets. Now, I will say, <laughs> a lot of the times there's an issue with the guest list. So someone's going to look at it, and they're going to be like, you're not on the guest list. And then you're like, oh, no, I am. Let me pull up my contact. And then by the time you get your email out, they're going to be like, oh, no, actually, you are on the guest list. I wasn't looking correctly. And then you're like, oh, okay. And then you get the tickets. Yeah. Get ready for that. Okay. <laughs> a lifetime of that, cool. Simon Robert French. Oh, my God. I'm terrified. <laughs> <laughs>